Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Thursday, March 18th, 2021. Stand up for your country. So we have uh, the border closing in on President Biden already. I told you uh, shortly after he was inaugurated that there are three things that could really harm his administration. The first is the border. The second is the economy. And the third is the cancel culture mania. All three of those things uh, combined could really bring uh, Mr. Biden down. Now, when I say that, it's a short term play, about a year and a half, a little bit more than that, um, to the 2020 midterm elections. And if the Republican Party, and it's a big if, can take the House and the Senate, Joe Biden's done. He's finished. He's not an energetic president anyway, not a leader of men. He's just there. We all know that. I don't have to go over it every day. But I did promise you to give the presidential schedule every day, and here it is. At 1.15 today, um, Mr. Biden and Vice President Harris had a COVID briefing. Okay. At 2.15, they had an economic briefing, both of them. And at 3.15, Uh, Mr. Biden gave some remarks on COVID about how great uh, the Biden administration is doing. That was it. Uh, It was the day. I wish I had a day like that. And you remember uh, yesterday, St. Patrick's Day, he didn't do anything. He went to mass and he met with the uh, Irish prime minister. God knows what they're talking about. It had to be COVID. Um, And then earlier in the week, he went to a store in Chester, Pennsylvania, He sat down with little Georgie Stephanopoulos for an interview that didn't matter. So it's not like um, it's not like he's (laughs) overworked. Now, I think back to Barack Obama, he had a pretty big schedule. President Obama worked a lot. Donald Trump, he didn't have as much structure as Obama. But from about 11 a.m. on to 8 p.m., Uh, He was working straight through. He had stuff all the time. Um, So Mr. Biden is more leisurely in his approach to the presidency. But the border is anything but. And uh, this is something that's going to get worse, not better, because there's no plan. There's no plan on the Biden administration. Nobody knows how to stop hundreds of thousands of foreign nationals every month now, hundreds of thousands, a lot of people, from surging across the border. They don't know how to do it. They stop the border wall, stand down on ice, don't, you know, don't arrest anybody, don't, don't do that. No. Nope. So what's your plan? Well, we're going to tell them not to come. Oh, that's a good plan. That's, that's good. So I, I did a message of the day each morning on BillOReilly.com. We have a message of the day, and I want to read it to you because it encapsulates what's happening on the border. Let's put it up on the screen. Quote, one of the underreported aspects of the border siege is that President Biden has made it clear to his immigration enforcement people that he doesn't want much enforcement. Essentially, the leader of the country has ordered ICE to stand down and not deport undocumented foreign nationals. So they are standing down. This would be like Mr. Biden telling the IRS to cease accepting tax returns or ordering the CIA to stop accumulating information on China. 
Major problem is that the corporate media is largely unconcerned about Mr. Biden's dereliction of duty. Remember, all presidents are sworn to uphold the law. But President Biden is directing that immigration law not be upheld. That's kind of a big thing, I believe. And it is. So a week from today, uh, the Biden administration is finally going to have the president uh, hold a press conference. And I say I, I worded it that way because it isn't Joe Biden that said, I want to have a press conference on March 25th. That's not what happened. There was a consensus among his advisors saying, you know, we have to do this since we are now 64 days in next Thursday and we haven't held a press conference. And now everybody knows it, so we're going to have to break that spell. It wasn't Biden pounding the table. Oh, I want to talk to these press people. So there's a lot to talk about. And I don't think they're going to be obviously in a tank. Well, this is be our big story next week. But they can't, like, ask him about his dogs and stuff. They have to ask him about the border. They won't follow up in any meaningful way, but they'll have to ask him. And there'll be a few in there, um, like uh, Peter Ducey of Fox and a few others that, you know, now whether Ducey will even get a question, I don't know, because the Biden people know he's the most hostile. Um, So it'll be very fascinating to watch uh, that press conference a week from today. The later bo- latest board of stats for you, just so you know, um, about 600 minors are handing themselves over to uh, American authorities on the border every day. That's up 80 percent from uh, January. So 75 uh, percent of these minors are between the ages of 15 and 17. That means their parents are not there and they just came over. Why? Why are they doing that? Because they know that they'll be allowed to stay in the United States and then they can bring in their family members. That's the ruse. That's what happens. That's why the surge of minors. There aren't like six-year-olds wandering across the Rio Grande River. All right. That's not what's happening. There are families that include six-year-olds that are. And that's why you, uh, you get those pictures. But you don't get those pictures because the uh, Biden administration has said, you can't shoot the migrant centers. This is, this is amazing. And now uh, they've given an order that all the Homeland Security people, Border Patrol, ICE, all that, can't talk to the press. So NBC News is reporting this. Um, the Biden administration is restricting the information Border Patrol agents and sector chiefs can share with the media. But it's not an official memo. It was done verbally. This is NBC News, not exactly a reliable source. But I think it's true. Um, I think it's true. I can't prove it. So you can't take pictures. The Biden administration won't allow the photographers close to the migrant centers where the people are being held. And you can't talk to a Border Patrol and sector chiefs. Okay, this is great, right? So why are they doing that if it's not a crisis, if it's just a challenge? So this whole thing is, I mean, into the realm of almost disbelief at this point. And again, we go back to the 80 million plus who voted for Joe Biden. Does that bother you guys? I mean, that, that this catastrophe unfolded so quickly? We all knew it would. We all knew it would. But this fast? 
and, and the way they're handling it? Okay. So, um, Jen Psaki, who, who is really not a real person, <laughs> she's just like one of the, you know, wind her up. So she says, it's not our policy to prevent people from talking. So either Saki or NBC News is lying. One of the two. I don't know. They're both capable of deceit. No doubt about that. But, you know, if I'm in the White House briefing room, I raise my hand and I say, well, see over there, the NBC guys, they say uh, you ordered not to say anything. You guys want to work that out? Forget it. You're never going to get anything like that. All right. So uh, the border uh, will continue to be a flashpoint. Uh, obviously, the people who don't like Joe Biden are going to use that and ram it down his throat. President himself looks hapless. Word of the day, H-A-P-L-E-S-S. Hapless. Has no plan. You know, and what do you think was going to happen? You, when you're promising everybody amnesty and free health care, and if you're an asylum seeker, you can stay in the country until your cases. What do you think was going to happen? You know, we're the best country in the world, even though the progressives don't believe it. And millions and millions of people all over the world want to come here because we're the best country. All right. And that's what's happening. I don't think they're going to be able to blame Trump. They tried that. And even the, the far left press laughed at them on that. I don't think they'll be able to do it. They might continue to try it, but that's not flying anywhere. All right, so 21 states. We'll put them up on the screen so you can see if yours is one of them. Suing uh, President Biden over the XL pipeline. So Texas, Montana, Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Georgia, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Utah, West Virginia, and Wyoming. What do they all have in common? They have Republican attorneys general. So they banded together and said, look, you don't have the power, Mr. President, to cancel the Keystone oil pipeline, which the president, as you know, did the first day in office by executive order. You don't have that power. That power comes from Congress because Congress regulates the United States' energy policy, not you. All right, so that's the lawsuit. Now, obviously, everybody's gotten hurt by the executive order because gas prices are up and home heating oil is up and air conditioning prices will be up. And they're not up a little, they're up a lot. And by 4th of July, I'm, I'm predicting over $3, about two eighty now, probably three and a quarter by Memorial Day, uh, about three, and then by Labor Day, three fifty. A gallon of gasoline. Now the start point is two ten here on Long Island. So this is a tax. I've explained that to you. Um, and you know, Biden again. What do you have to say about that? I hope somebody asks him a week from today. This lawsuit, I think Biden may win. I think Biden may win this um, because the federal courts they don't want to get into areas of interpreting what a president uh, can do with his power. So the Texas lawsuit against stopping deportations, that was successful. So Biden couldn't do that because he's not a lawmaker. Congress is, makes the law. 
they make the laws. And that was clearly unconstitutional for Biden to stop deportation. So they blocked that. That order is no longer in effect. However, Biden telling his people, don't deport, don't bring them in. And they're listening to him. Those are the ICE people. Now, on the energy policy, it can go either way. So Biden has a chance to win that one. So there's a report out um, by the uh, Director of National Intelligence, ODNI is the acronym. And this uh, report was ordered up by President Biden. And the report said, what's the greatest domestic threat to America? Wink, 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 wink. All right, a lot of winking going on. So we all know the greatest threat to America is extremism. All right. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, looters, uh, far right looters and, and, and destructive people, extremists across the board, whether you're right wing or left wing, it doesn't matter. They're the biggest threat because they're violent. They burned down Portland, Oregon. They took over Seattle. You saw it. OK, now they're equally a threat. I think there are more of them on the far left. It looks to me like there are. But I didn't do a head count because you can't do a head count. So anyway, the report comes out um, by um, the National Intelligence Director, who serves at the pleasure of Joe Biden. So Biden's telling him, look, this is what we want. And it's like, oh, anarchistic, violent extremism is the problem, but it's mostly on the far right. Okay, the superiority of the white race is the most persistent and concerning transnational problem, the report states. I, I don't know. And, you know, they put that in the category of the capital invasion. That that's a far right nationalist thing. You know, you can make an argument for that. We found one Antifa guy in there, but there's most of those with far right people doing it. You can make an argument. Was it organized? I don't know. That's the FBI's purview. The FBI these days, not very effective organization, in my opinion. I'll get into that later. So the media, of course, hypes this white, white privilege, supremacists, militia groups. Uh, the, these are the ones. But Antifa, that's ah, so bad. All right. So that's what's going on there. They're both equally heinous. Another word of the day, heinous. So this nut in uh, Georgia, Robert Long, 21 years old. Uh, he kills eight people, wounds another, um, Asians mostly. And uh, he says he did it because he didn't like uh, massage parlors. But it's a hate crime, in my opinion. He targeted um, businesses run by Asians. So I asked my staff uh, to look into the overall thing. Because you're always going to have guys like Robert Long, unfortunately. In the dawn of civilization, we've had them. You know, in the Bible, when you hear about possessions and things like that, people being possessed and Jesus casting out the devils and all, all that, that's mental illness. That's what that was. And people back then, they didn't understand mental illness. They went, oh, look at that. This guy's acting crazy and he's hurting people. And he's got to be tied up and all that. And then Jesus, obviously, according to Gospels, if you believe the Gospels, could cure that mental illness. And why couldn't, if he could cure physical illness, certainly he could cure mental illness. But I've, that's an interesting aside, is that we've always had mental illness, but it wasn't understood until modern times. 
And this guy's obviously, and you can't stop that. You pass all the gun control you want, and you're gonna, but you're always going to have these guys and gals that do this stuff, these mass killings. Some of them are serial killers. Some of them are in gangs. Or, you know, they're maniacs. So anyway, I asked myself, okay, look, let's find out how bad this anti-Asian stuff is. And there's a reason, I'll tell you the reason in a moment, why the press latches on to this. All right, so there are about 18 million Asian Americans in the USA right now. And a group called Stop Asian American and Pacific Islander Hate, all right, did a research project. Now, to be fair, that group believes there's a big problem. It's not a neutral group doing the study. It's a group that not wants, but believes fervently that Asians are in danger in America. So the group found out with 3,800, 3,800 uh, anti-Asian incidents in the past 11 months. And that could be just calling somebody a name. All right. I am in no position to challenge any of this. I'm just passing along the only study that we have. And by the way, the um, Asian American population is about 6% of the entire uh, U.S. population. So with 18 million, 3,800 incidents in 11 months, I mean, one is too many, but it doesn't seem to be an overwhelming epidemic. Now, why is this ascending in the news cycle? And it is. It's absolutely ascending in the news cycle. And I, I want to be very clear. It should be reported. All right. Asian Americans contribute tremendously to this country. You all know that. Very industrious people, uh, brilliant people, um, so smart that Harvard has to keep their numbers low or they'd overwhelm the campus. That's how smart they are. And there are people who resent Asians. And because of COVID, the China virus, the Wuhan flu, uh, apparently some mentally ill people have taken it out on innocent Asians. So press knows that. And who was the guy saying the China flu, the Wuhan virus? I think that's Donald Trump. So I report this and it come out. It's his fault. It's Trump's fault that this is happening. That's why they want this at the top of the news cycle. It's absolutely true. Not that we shouldn't report it. We should. But you will find nowhere else the stats I just gave you to put it into perspective so you'll understand. But if I'm an Asian American in San Francisco or New York City or Atlanta, I'm watching myself, all right? Because there are crazy, crazy people and all they need to do is focus and this kind of stuff happens. I don't believe, by the way, this guy says he's some kind of sex addict. I don't believe any of that, all right? I believe that he targeted Asians. I could be wrong again, but from the data I've seen, he was after Asians. All right, COVID update. Uh, this is very encouraging. 40% of American adults have now gotten one or two vaxes, 40%. So almost everywhere, cases are going down. And now, this is what Biden talked about today. Uh, he says we're all going to be vaxxed, everybody who wants to be by May. And that'll drive down the cases. And hopefully 
by June, late June, we'll be able to go to the games and the concerts and the picnics and the beach and everything else. That's what we need to do here and get this uh, country back on track socially. So that's really good news. Now, in Europe, it's really bad news. And here's the difference. So all the Europeans, uh, not all, but I'd say the majority and the media in Europe hate President Trump. They don't like him for any, nothing he did was good. But Trump made a deal with the uh, big bio companies and fast-tracked the vaccine. And it was successful. Moderna, Pfizer, J&J, they were paid big contractual money by the Trump administration. Operation Warp Speed. You all remember that, right? Everybody remember that? Even you, Nancy Pelosi, do you remember it? I think so. Okay. So we got the vax, and we got it in October. But the weasel who runs Pfizer wouldn't tell anybody until after Election Day. Keep that in mind. Could have made the announcement two or three weeks before. No. I don't think the Trump administration knew that those trials were successful. I think they just battened it down because the guy who runs Pfizer doesn't like Trump. Anyway, back to Europe. So Europe now, they're shutting down. Germany, Italy, France, they're shutting down everything again. Why? Because the hospitals are overflowing with COVID patients. They can't treat them. There's so many of them. Why? Because there's no vax. There's no vax. All right. So over there, let me get the stat here. Um, 11% of the adult population in Europe is vaxxed. 40% in the USA. Why? Because they didn't have Operation Warp Speed. They didn't have a President Trump. You tell me Germany and France couldn't develop a vaccine? They got pharmaceutical companies over there. And do it. Nobody did it because they don't want to pay the money. Want to piggyback on the USA? They knew we'd do it. But if you want to piggyback, you got to wait. Now Britain did develop a vaccine out of Oxford, and most of their people are vaxxed in England, and cases are coming down. Now the EU, and remember Brexit, so England's not part of the EU anymore. They're furious with Great Britain because Great Britain won't give them the vaccine because Great Britain wants to vax their own people first. Even in Ireland, Ireland's in the EU. Northern Ireland's part of Britain, but not the Republic of Ireland. They're shutting the whole country down this summer. I don't know how those people are surviving over there. Those five million people live in Ireland because they are dependent on tourism. They're shutting it down. Can't go. I wanted to go. I had a trip booked. Can't go. Okay. So Europe, impotent, all right, doesn't do anything. They're getting hammered. And they're going to continue to get hammered until all of us Americans are vaxxed, all the Britons are vaxxed. Then we'll start to export the vaccine over there. Just so you know when you hear America's horrible and Sweden's so great. Cancel culture, Sharon Osbourne. Now, she's on a program called The Talk, CBS program. I've never watched it, and apparently I'm not alone. They average about a million four uh, a day watching The Talk. That's nothing you could put a chimp on to jump up and down for an hour on syndicated TV, and you can get a million. Because people go, I wonder what that chimp's doing. Let's go back and see. 
All right. So nobody watched this show, but it is on. Um, but Sharon, uh, in a very fascinating uh, display, um, stuck up for Piers Morgan. And he's a British guy uh, who didn't like Meghan Markle. And he didn't believe Meghan. OK. And uh, Sharon Osbourne stuck up for him. And now CBS is going to fire Sharon Osbourne. Now, in the interim of that, everybody's saying Sharon Osbourne and Piers Morgan are bigots or whatever they are. I don't to me, this is all BS. But this is the cancel culture. All right. So you don't go up against Oprah and Meghan Markle. No, you do that. You're canceled. Morgan loses his job. Sharon Osbourne is going to lose her job. I think I'd be shocked if CBS brings her back. All the other stuff, it's swirling around it. Doesn't matter. Okay, morning console poll. Hollywood is the worst institution in the eyes of Americans. This is surprising. So morning consult is a research um, outfit, and they ask a question of Americans, which institutions do you trust and which do you not? Okay. The lowest in trust, Hollywood, 4%. Second lowest, Wall Street, 5%. Third lowest, U.S. government, 7%. So Hollywood is the lowest, the highest of primary doctors. So you like your doctors. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. I'm sorry. Flashback. Um, Now, why, why do people despise Hollywood? It's right up my wheelhouse. So as you know, or I hope you know, we've had four Hollywood movies produced. Killing Lincoln, Killing Kennedy, Killing Jesus, and killing Reagan. I know this world, all right? I have known it for a while. I know all the big shots. So when I tell you something, it's not like I'm talking out of my hat, as they say. So Hollywood is a place that's very, very small. And we get into this big time in killing the mob. Organized crime used to run Hollywood. Now, where do you see what we come up with? <laughs> oh, you're going to be amazed. Anyway, very small industry. And there are three things going on in the industry. Number one, the cancel culture is adored in Hollywood. They love to destroy people. You would say, why? Why do you want to destroy uh, creative people? Because if you disagree with them on any level, they want to hurt you. That's called narcissism. All right. And narcissists are drawn to Hollywood. Everything that a narcissist is, looking at yourself in the mirror, that's narcissist, all right, all day long, all of that. So the cancel culture, this is ground zero for it, Hollywood, all right? The second thing is, they're all hypocrites. They virtue signal all day long, oh, and then two days later, you find out they're doing the the same garbage that they're criticizing people on. I'll give you 50,000 examples of that, all right? But the third thing, and I think maybe the most important for people really turning off to Hollywood, is the product is terrible. You know what the big spring movie is in Hollywood? The big one. Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> At least Godzilla and, and, and the king are working. No, not too many other actors are. Godzilla versus Kong. So I look at the Academy Award sheet, 
you know, uh, the nominations for the Oscars, which nobody will watch. All right. They can't even get a host. Um, and I, 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 maybe there's some good movies there. Maybe, I guess. But there's nothing I'm going to run out and see. Think back. What's the last movie that you said, I got to go out and see that? I know the theaters are closed and everything, but it really you were looking forward to. What was the last one that you were looking forward to? Godzilla versus uh, Rodan? I, I mean, I don't, that Godzilla, you got to give it. He should get an honorary Oscar. Just for being around since 1958. Right? Come on. Anyway, so there are a bunch of hypocrites out there. There are narcissists out there. And the product is terrible. So Americans are going, oh, we hate these people. Now, I'm going to amend what I said. And I was talking to somebody like that. In the past, there have been tremendous people in Hollywood. And some of them are still out there. Jack Nicholson is a great guy. I'm t- he's one of the best. All right? Clint Eastwood. All right? Fantastic, honest man. Great product. These guys, Nicholson and Eastwood, everything they did was brilliant. All right? I mean, the monkey movies with Eastwood, uh, but you got to give them a little pass. Okay. There are really good writers out there. I mean, the people writing Blue Bloods, that CBS show, I mean, this is brilliant scripts. Okay? There are good producers out there. I work with them. And Killing Jesus, by the way, with Holy Week coming up, you should, that's on demand. You should watch that movie. That's the most accurate depiction of Jesus ever. I'm sorry, the Ten Commandments and Ben-Hur. I'm sorry. This is it. So there are very, very good people in Hollywood. I mean, I have a lot of friends who live out in Los Angeles and make their living in the, in the Hollywood community. They all know what I just told you is true, that the product is awful, that narcissism rules, that cancel culture has instilled fear into every single creative person on the West Coast. So Americans have picked that up. Americans have picked that up. Um, so again, the question was, uh, who do you trust? Like the old Johnny Carson show. And Hollywood came in last. Evening news ratings, and I'm only doing this to show you that once Donald Trump left the stage, I told you the television news industry would collapse, and it is. So we gave you cable numbers last night. All three cable news operations are on the decline. This is the nightly news. ABC World News Tonight down 19% year to year. NBC Nightly News down 14%. CBS Evening News down 12%. The reason CBS is down less than the others is because it has a lower audience. Only 5 million people watch uh, Nora O'Donnell every night. That's not a good showing. All right. Now, there's a new uh, national news agency, WGN News Nation. This is amazing. Only 37,000 people on average watch that. You get more people watching Eyewitness News, Green Bay, Wisconsin than a national program that is not watching it. And uh, just, I'm not picking on him, but I'll just, he's new. Shepard Smith jumped over to CNBC. 280,000 people a night watching him at 7 p.m. That's nothing. It's, it's nothing. Believe me, I know. I mean, I did this for more than 20 years. I saw my ratings every day. Um, so it's Donald Trump. He was the star of TV news for five years. He's gone. 
watch out below. All right, this day in history, March 18th, 1990, the largest theft in U.S. history. I bet you don't know this story. It's fascinating. Boston, Massachusetts, the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. Okay, one of the great art museums in the world. So two guys dressed as Boston police officers at one in the morning, knock on the door. The security guys inside the museum look and see on the security cameras, there's cops out there. The cops say they got a 911 call, they're investigating, please open a door, which the security guys do. The two cops come in, but they're not cops, they're burglars, okay? So they uh, knock the security guys down, tie them up, blindfold them, and they rummage through the museum and steal paintings valued at $500 million. 13 pieces of art weren't all paintings or some sculptures. 500 million. They get away clean. All right. The FBI comes in and starts to investigate and they can't get anywhere. So the FBI makes a deal with mobster Whitey Bulger, who ran the mobs in South Boston. Okay. And said, Whitey, we'll lay off you if you can find out who stole this art, $500 million worth. Whitey said, sure, and never did anything, all right? To this day, nobody's been arrested and the art has not been recovered. Now, here's the kicker. They can't sell the art because it's so famous as three Rembrandts. Because as soon as they sell it, then boom, the authority's gonna know. But they got away with it. There's a $10 million reward to this moment. So if you know who stole all that art up in Boston, you get 10 million bucks. Back with the mail in a moment. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD. 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. All right, let's do some mail here. John Drennan, Brighton, Colorado. But why haven't we heard any leaks coming from the Biden administration? Seems leaks were occurring every day in the Trump administration. Excellent question, John. So in the Trump administration, the press wanted to make Donald Trump look bad every day, every way. And they ordered their reporters to go out and make him look bad. And the reporters made up stories, as we know now from the Washington Post, correcting a story on anonymous sources recently. Now, they don't want to make Biden look bad. Even if the reporter got an anonymous source to make him look bad, they wouldn't print it. That's what's going on. William Shalders, Monument, Colorado. Bill, in addition to 75% of the unaccompanied children interred near the border being 15 to 17-year-old males, they were unaccompanied. 
That means they were not torn from their mother's arms. Sure. I mean, President Biden and, and Saki and all these people say, oh, yeah, we're humane. It's all a bunch of crap. Everybody, any intelligent person knows. Uh, Lisa on the message board, concierge member. Thank you, Lisa. Mr. O, I want to thank you for your journalistic and historical services to your many millions of followers. Through your reporting and page-turning books, you've enriched my life. You know, Lisa, I really appreciate that. And we work hard here. And we're not in it for the money, okay? We're not. We're in it to educate and to illuminate. And I'm glad you feel we're doing that. Michael, Bill, I'm curious as to what ultimately happened to the two acres of land that was seized from your family in Ireland. I walked it. I went there in County Cabin. It was three years ago. And I walked it with my son, the two acres that was seized by the British Crown from the O'Reillys. And it's owned by a uh, guy in Dublin who uses it as a weekend retreat. So it's a, it's a, a successful Irishman. And he wants to get out of Dublin for the weekend. He bought the uh, farmhouse and the two acres. Not the same farmhouse, but it's beautiful property. Beautiful. Lola, where can I find proof that illegals who cross into the USA seeking asylum are given $1,100? Very complicated. But if you go to the Department of Homeland Security website, Lisa, and then get into the asylum rules, Okay, it will tell you that you're entitled to resources if you get here and go through the process and you are assigned a court date. That's where you get it. Antonio Sante, New York City. Bill, why does not President Trump keep silent for a year and let the Biden administration implode? It's not his nature. I don't expect uh, Mr. Trump to be silent for a year. Nature is to say what he wants and keep himself in the game. Jennifer Urchpin, Williston, North Dakota. Bill, in your program, you said that people who got $1,400 from the COVID stimulus bill were likely to approve of Biden's performance. I received it and I don't approve of Biden. How does that track? Not everybody's like you, Jennifer. Okay, most people, Biden gave them the money. They're supporting Biden for the time being. Now, I have something very important to tell you. You can listen to the No Spin News in your car or when you're working out with the little buds in your ear and walking the dog or whatever you want to do. So all you have to do is go to BillOReilly.com slash apps, A-P-P-S, and we show you how you can get in the car, you know, when you're around, exercise or whatever you want. Um... It's audio, you know, you want to watch me, then you watch me, but you want audio of, of the content, it's easy to get. So, and we want you to recommend our service, please, to everybody. I mean, I think we bring you the best news service. This is your private news service. I think we have the best product in the country. I really do. And if you know any product better, please let me know. I want to, try, I want to check that out. Word of the day, caterwauling. No caterwauling, C-A-T-E-R-W-A-U-L-I-N-G. You buy Killing the Mob out on May 4th, you get 50% off Killing Crazy Horse. Give both books to mom and dad on their days, you're in. Right back with final thought on personal discipline. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. 
And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. So here's the uh, final thought of the day. I urge the urchins to have personal discipline, which is not easy for urchins. By nature, they're not disciplined. We got to teach them that. So, for example, no clothes on the floor. No. Who do you think is going to pick them up? I'm not picking them up. So clothes don't get thrown on the floor. When they get up, within a half an hour, got to make your bed. Got to make your bed. Because your appearance, personal and in your room, in your space, should be neat. And that brings me to personal appearance. Now, a lot of times I get up, I don't want to shave. Shaving's not fun, but I do every day because I looked bad in a beard. When I was younger, it grew in red. I looked like a Viking, and it wasn't even a big red beard. It was kind of patchy, and now it'd be gray. All right, so I'm not going to have a beard. But sometimes, you know, you do a little stubble. You know what's going on. You see the guys with the stubble. No. Every day I shave, all right, every day I groom it, and I put on clothes that are neat. That's all. No sweatpants, no leisure suits. Neat. So when I go out, even when I walk the terror dog, my appearance is okay. That's a personal discipline. Now I can tell, all right, within 30 seconds of meeting somebody, what their level of personal discipline is just by their appearance. I look and see how they're groomed, what footwear. The footwear clean, you know, with the clothes. Now, I'm not judging them. I'm like Sherlock Holmes. The old Sherlock Holmes movie is the best. Basil Rathbone, love them. You look at somebody and you can tell a lot about them. But personal discipline often means the difference between success and failure. All right? I'm telling you, if you go for a job interview or you go and you're trying to do any transaction, the better you look, the more, um, the better chance you have of succeeding in whatever the transaction is. It's a psychological thing. So personal discipline, but it has to be taught. If I see some sloppy, dirty person, yeah, I got a problem there. Some kind of problem. Maybe a bad upbringing, maybe the parents don't care, maybe they're just lazy, but whatever it is, you know. So personal discipline, very important in this country in order to succeed on a professional level and on a personal level. Thank you for watching us. We'll see you soon.